Have I really been on mute this whole time? Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys were responding to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's even better. I know. <laughs> I've had way too much whiskey. Uh, wow. Way too much whiskey. <laughs> I, that's awesome. I came, in, I came in and I said, man, I walked into the wrong part of that conversation. Oh, yeah, we heard, oh we did respond that. heard that. And then we, you didn't what? say anything after that. Yeah, yeah then you were quiet. We heard, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I blacked out for a minute. <laughs> If you didn't touch the computer at all, yeah, I'm going with blackout. <laughs> all right, welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail. I'm Nate. I'm Kevin with spoilers. I'm Patrick without. <laughs> I'm Steve. And don't know what you're gonna get. All right. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I'm drinking whiskey. <laughs> Brian is not here to appreciate that joke. Um, this podcast, we are this is our WTF podcast, and we're talking messed up documentaries. Woohoo! If you can feel the awkward silence, that's because... <laughs> because we watch them. We really, really don't want to talk about this movie that I chose for everyone, for you listeners, I chose this month a documentary called Tickle. Uh, this is a documentary made by David Ferrier. Uh, he made this back in 2016, so not that long ago. Um, you may know David Ferrier from his new Netflix documentary series, uh, Dark Tourist. Uh, before I, he did, I highly yeah, recommend. Which is really interesting. Um, he is a journalist from New Zealand, and before he did Dark Tourist and Tickle, he was just a sort of a that kind of news journalist. He did he did little puff pieces and did weird things. And then he came across a video of online competitive tickling. And he wanted to look into it. And you kind of get the sense that he was hoping it would just be a weird puff piece. But it took a really strange, dark turn as he tries to expose what this is and what is occurring and the amount of blackmail and just what a dark, scary world apparently competitive tickling is. Oh, and it also has like an hour, hour, probably about an hour footage of just men tickling each other. So nothing uncomfortable about that at all. Nothing uncomfortable, but really long stretches of men tickling each other. No, nothing. I'm moving to my seat already. That's okay. I gotta ask is okay. So I'm just gonna get this out there because I'm I'm sure the listeners are just wondering. I'm ticklish. Is anybody anybody in our group not ticklish? I'm not really. Not, See, that's not part of the thing right. I think that bugged me about this is I'm very ticklish, and so to watch this, I'm like squirming. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm not really ticklish. Well, I say I'm a little ticklish in certain. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't need to elaborate. Matter of fact, please do not elaborate. <laughs> the listeners want to know, Patrick. Where are you? No, no I really. Don't. Hey, you, I think you this know. is a weird way to start this podcast talking about where we are personally ticklish. Everybody, I, I, feel, I feel perfectly safe. You guys in the barn, if you want to. <laughs> It's an awful lot of laughter in that barn. Yeah, but I think that's part of the problem. Steve, I had. Steve just said he's not ticklish, and I've never believed a single person in my life who said that. So. I said I'm not really <laughs> ticklish. I'm, I'm not ticklish on my sides. I'm not ticklish like in most of the normal places. Right. A little bit on the bottom of my feet. Is that a challenge? Okay. Unequivocally, not yeah. a challenge. Um, so there, a little bit, but it takes a lot. <laughs> so I know, like, my wife's not ticklish, and she genuinely isn't. Like, I've, I've tried okay. years, and she's like, just stop touching me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that's just not that's not because she's not taking that's a totally different conversation <laughs> so i can believe when you say you're not okay i can believe that for the most part i don't like people just random people touching me. i say in general it's, it's, it's only my kids that ever even attempt and i think that's why i had a hard time watching this i'm like why why would somebody first of all it's did they ever go over the rules of this like you know how you first you get strapped down to a bed <laughs> right right no, you're, it's it's, it's, it's mostly college age men who are strapped for cash yes. and, and it's the same bed. same demographic that gets you into stuff like pornography i mean yeah and war. most of us i'm sure have been in, in a strapped for cash situation <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know the, the competitive person in me is like okay well what are the rules how do you win how do you lose how do you and they never go into that this is totally catfished by this movie like when you yeah. when read that description it's like oh it's gonna be a competitive tickle yeah. and that is not what this no, is no it isn't all. you're right they never so I, I, I don't think there is such thing as competitive tickling <laughs> that's but true I got you know yeah there's never a competition at least at the end there the guy's like yeah I do this because I'm gay and I like it. It's yeah. it's my fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is this movie the most legitimate like it, it's legitimized by the guy who says yeah this is my fetish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And the weird shadowy competitive quote unquote competitive tickling side of it is the site where things get really weird. Right. Because there's a guy who's completely uncomfortable with his own fetishization of this and wants to hide that he's doing this and just wants so much power that his modus operandi is anytime anybody asks him something, he immediately threatens and blackmails. He's, I, he's releasing these videos of these men without their permission. Yeah. yeah. Is the other right. thing. I, I got the feeling that like tickling was part of the fetish, but the real fetish was the control he gets over these guys by like having right. this thing to hold over them. Yeah. That's really what yeah. his fetish is all about. Yeah. This, this took one dark, darker turn after another. Yeah, that was not at all what I expected. Because even just like uh, two minutes into it, I'm like, wait, why are, you know, he's like, uh, immediately I po- I just asked somebody a question and it was suddenly got threats. And I was like, well, how come they're not telling us what, what he posted? And then yeah. it was only later I realized, well, because that had nothing to do with the actual story. Right. But for a while, I was kind of like, oh, this is crappy. They're not telling us what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he, de- he definitely, you could tell he's kind of holding back the, I think early on he realized he's, this is not about competitive tickling. Yeah. Right. But he kind of wants you to discover that for yourself. And, well, he lets you go through what he went through, yeah, right? This yeah. whole sense of, because um, it, it seems like a really long process where he was just trying to figure this out. And um, he invites some of them to come down to New Zealand. They come. And you can even see that the people he talks to, their first method, of course, is to threaten him. But they, they don't really un- understand the law, right? Like they say, you can't film us without permission. He's like, actually, we can in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And they keep running into a lot of these same sort of things where you can see just how there's something shadier going on, but we don't know to what extent, to how far it goes, right? And he keeps uncovering these bits and pieces, and you wonder, right, as Jane O'Brien, you, you start to realize you're suspicious at the beginning. You feel like she's just a, a cover. She doesn't actually exist, and you're trying to figure out how deep it goes. So you go with him while trying to figure this out. I think it's actually a brilliant documentary. It's really disturbing, not just because you're watching grown men tickling each other, but also. Um, not, it's not just the problem is it's not just grown men tickling each other. If it was just like grown men like tickle fighting or something like that, that'd be weird. <laughs> but okay, whatever, that's their thing. But it's one man strapped to a bed 
Right. Another man has to straddle him. Yeah. And then the, then do like a slow tickling, and they have like scenes in slow motion. Yeah. And there's like a nipple flicking scene, which made me actually sick to my stomach. <laughs> actually, I had like felt nauseated from that scene. Well, that's the worst because not a lot of it was not. It's not like these guys went into it knowing what it was. You know, if you if you're a porn actor and you're going into porn, I mean, obviously, there's. I'm not saying you're you're making an entirely self-conscious choice, you know, but right. to, to stay, you're, you're not being taken advantage of, but you are right. to some degree, you know what you're going into, yeah. you're consenting to it. Yeah. This, these guys totally taken advantage of. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, it's, it's, there's a lot of this was completely non-consensual, yeah. which adds yeah. a whole nother layer of disturbing. Yep. To I mean, it's, picture yourself, like I said, it, it, usually young guys that need the money. If you're 19, 20, 21, whatever, early 20s, and you need the money, and then you get into this, you got to ask yourself, is that something you're going to tell your friends about? Oh, hey, where'd you get the 200 bucks? Uh, and it was more than that. It was thousands. Yeah, it was thousands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you need money, yeah. and they're like, oh, like a tickle competition. Okay, that's weird, but whatever. I need the money. Right. So what's the big deal, right? And then yeah. you get there, and then it did, they kind of just slowly yeah, suck so you into this. But then it did ruin some of these men lives right like they're talking oh, yeah. to a lot of the like the recruiters or whenever they tried to get out of it like he would release this send this like there were people who couldn't get jobs in schools anymore yeah you know um people yeah. who had to leave like there's the guy who had, he couldn't be an mma fighter because no one's just going to take you seriously right you you are no longer intimidating when there's pictures of you being tickled out there yeah <laughs> the weird thing of this though is i feel like that's almost the same way that women who are in porn get treated oh like, yeah you know, it, it yeah, absolutely is but in general, you don't think of that as guys. Like in general, yeah. if, you, if, if a guy is like, "Oh, he was in porno when he was younger," it's like, "Oh, cool," you know. Right. As opposed to women who had that that social shame of it. Yeah. yeah. Now these guys are suffering that same mm. social shame. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, anti-gay sentiment. Yeah. yeah. Which he yeah. even points out. He's like, "Why is there all of this like homophobic mm. rhetoric for something that seems incredibly well, the first it's clearly the first homoerotic? I mean, yeah." The first thing that happens where you're like, okay, this is something dark is, is in that letter. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want a gay journalist like associated with this because we want people to see it as gay. Once again, you have a guy strapped to a bed and another guy straddling him. I don't care if they're clothed. That's, that's gay. (laughs) It seems very sexual. Yeah. Two men doing something sexual. Oh, yeah. There's nothing platonic about it. Well, and then when you also start to find out, when they start to reveal that he had been convicted of this before and how hard it is to actually convict him of certain things and to find him, and how yeah. once they, what's really kind of fascinating is once they start pushing his buttons and start finding him, how he in, ends up backing off. Because it also becomes a story of how do you deal with a bully? Yeah. You know, and did, I don't know, did anybody on YouTube watch the um, follow-up to Tickle? No. There is on YouTube a short little follow-up where they were, um, so when they were actually doing taking this movie around to festivals, right, they kept getting threatened by uh, David Diamato. Uh-huh. And these guys kept, and the, the three guys who came down to New Zealand, they kept showing up at premieres and sending, like, uh, private investigators into the premieres to, like, tape it and stuff like that. Um, and then Diamato actually shows up at one of their premieres. Really? Yeah. And they have a little bit of an interview with them. And one of the most interesting things is as soon as he does that, as soon as he shows up at a premiere in L.A., he threatens that to um, commit them of a crime. And they call him right out and says, we're not doing anything illegal. If anything, it's a civil statute. We'll get a small fine. You see him shut right up. 
And he's like, well, I could sue you. He's like, who? You don't, you're not even on the bar. And you can see him just like being broken down. Yeah. He had, he he just bullies and bullies and bullies and bullies and bullies because people don't know any better. And it's, it was, unfortunately, well, I mean, he, he actually has, uh, has died now. And they wrote an interesting response after he died, um, asking people to not make fun of his death because he was a human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think they treat this subject as strange and bizarre as it is. I think they treat it. Um, honestly, you know, and I think it that I think it was a fascinating documentary for how disturbing it was. This was better than most of the thrillers that I've watched. <laughs> you know, just in terms of suspense and twists. I, I think I think there was two separate times where I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. And he's he's really good and I, I think the the other thing is he he himself is such an unassuming guy. He just kinda seems like you know, I mean, it's part of it is New Zealand, right? They they don't have emotions, but he's just such a like, uh, like just whatever kind of guy that to get involved in something like this or to like start investigating something like this, it just seems so it contrasted with him, his the personality at least he portrays. He's very he's very relatable. Yeah, he's not showy. He's just going. He's asking the questions that in a lot of ways we would be asking. But he seems more daring because he'll like run right up to the car that a private investigator is in. Yeah. Right. He'll yep. challenge them right to their face and go right up to him. And this private is like, what do you like? I don't know how you have the courage to do that. Yeah. Um, Even at the airport when they're like, you can't, like you said, you can't do this. It's like, no, it's, he doesn't like, oh, yes, we can't. He doesn't like get caught, you know, in their face. It's like, oh, no, it's just New Zealand. It's fine. No big deal. So let's go back <laughs> to our place. We'll have a talk. Like, no, 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 you, you betrayed us. He's like, no, no, I didn't. It, it, it's all fine. Let's go. nothing really seems to phase him yeah i feel like no matter what you say about this you can't really describe it yeah yeah i like i don't want to tell people to watch it because it is because if because it feels weird recommending that people watch grown men tickling each other but that's not what you're recommending you're right that's not recommending this great documentary but it is like i said every time it just kept getting darker and darker and i'm just sitting there like i can't believe how dark this is getting yeah this is what the movie Catfish should have been. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, I figured I pretty early, as soon as he started saying about the emails that he was getting in response, I'm like, okay, this is not a tickling competition. So well, I had no, a but... pretty good idea of what was going on, but the way he unfolds things, you're still like, I bet that's what's happening. But even though once he confirms it, you're like, I thought that was going to happen, but I can't believe it. That's actually what it is. Yeah. You know? That's weird. At first, I didn't. I, I like when they did like the little recreation of like him getting the emails and stuff. I was kind of yeah. like, I didn't like the fact that he was almost kind of like recreating it. You know what I mean? But yeah. then as it went on, I realized, yeah, that's kind of. I like the way that he he did, like you said, take you on the same journey he did instead yeah. of just sort of telling it in a matter of fact way. He sort of let you kind of unfold and have those surprises the same way he experienced it too. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, we've talked a lot about this. We've generated a lot of conversation. So let's grade it. Um, uh, Kevin, you've been quiet for a little while. What grade would you give this? I'm going to give it a C. I'm going to give it a C because I value the skill in the documentary, even though I despise the topic. <laughs> so it just made you so uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Patrick? I'm going to go B. Um, similar thing, though. I mean, like I, from the, I, I appreciated the way he told the story, 
and I, it's, it's hard with the documentaries to separate the story from, mm-hmm. because it is, it's just these, mm-hmm. the story's the story, you know, you're telling something that actually happened, so it's no fault of your own if it's something that I, as the viewer, find, oh, God, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. Steven? I'm going to give it an A. I, I agree with what they're saying, but I, I think it's a brilliant documentary. A sort of interesting fall down the rabbit hole kind of thing, um, where he got, he got very lucky as far as topics, um, but it's also one of those movies I'll never watch again. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, it's still an A movie. And Tom? Yeah, I'm giving this an A. This is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Wow. I'm also giving it an A. I think it's just a stunning documentary. I, I think it the topic kind of should be disturbing. I think the amount of blackmail and extortion that's going on, along with this naturally uncomfortable topic, it, I think it, it, it lets itself go as dark as it needs to. Yeah. I, I actually really like what, which I didn't think about, what you said, Patrick, where this is basically what happens to women in porn industry, but just for guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. somehow it's much more disturbing when it's happening to guys because I you see. think, I don't know, like something about it, which it should not be. Right. So it kind of implicates the viewer in a way when, if I, because I hadn't even made that connection, but you're absolutely well, it ex- right. It exposes our own vulnerability because Kevin had said earlier too. Everybody here on this podcast has been a young man who needed money, right? right. And while for a lot of us, it's it's a lot harder. We, we recognize how disgusting um, it is when they take advantage of women in the porn industry, but none of us have probably been women in that situation. It also happens to men. It should be said as well. Yeah. Right. So this was the first time I think any of us were able to really kind of... Like, oh, that, yeah, 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 kind of. Whereas, yeah, it's like otherwise, it's 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 easy to distance yourself from the problems yeah. of women or something yeah. like that because it's not as relatable. And it doesn't feel for some. Then we can't place ourselves there. We we recognize it logically as horrifying and as a problem. But right. here, there's some dark thought in the back of our head that's like, oh gosh, if I had taken a wrong turn, that could have yeah. happened to me. Oh yeah, that could very easily have been yeah. like. I just, and then oh, no, you're no, there no, and no. you're like, oh shit, I need the money, but this is weird. Oh yeah. Like at what point do I say I'm out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It shows, it, it's interesting, especially in light of current events. It shows how easy it is to allow yourself to get further and further into a situation that is going to end up really badly for you. Yeah. It's like the analogy of a frog being in a pot that's, yeah, 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 exactly. Right. All right. So then with three A's, a B, and a C, that gives Tickled a B plus, which is a zombie hand. Yeah. Coming to tickle you. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the worst. Being <laughs> tickled by a zombie man. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, zombie tickles. I'd rather have a live man straddle me than a zombie. <laughs> The way you said that was a little sensual. Yeah. <laughs> like a little like you were looking back in the day. It was like a fond remembrance. <laughs> I feel like that's our that, podcast new slogan right there. <laughs> that might be the title of the podcast. Now any zombie or zombie woman? Okay. Zombie I just honestly I always I assume zombies were not zombie. assume, but when I think of zombies and, and you, the fear associated with it, I never think of a woman zombie. See, I've been watching iZombie. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know. I always thought of zombies as genderless. I mean, for the most part, yeah, because gender is unimportant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're attracted to zombies, then I guess it matters. Yeah. Well, there are now zombie rom-coms, so. 
I'm not going to because it'd be super weird and I don't want to. But I keep thinking it'd be really funny if I just reach over and... Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I would not know Kevin because he's sitting right there. And I yeah. can feel like how uncomfortable he is with all the tickling conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be hilarious. But it would make me yeah, super hilarious. So I'm not going. <laughs> I would laugh my ass. Off. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of like, I kind of want Patrick to do it so I can laugh, and yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah, you've got Patrick there as a buffer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hanging back, watching. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, Smoking a cigar. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Tom. Sometimes a tickle party is just a tickle party. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's ever been true. All right, we're going to move on and talk about uh, Steve's pairing to Tickled tabloid. To pair with Nate's uh, documentary Tickled for WTF Month, I chose the documentary uh, Tabloid, directed by Errol Morris, who has also done The Thin Blue Line, The Fog of War. Um, Gates of Heaven. Oh, Gates of Heaven, okay. It's a about a Miss Wyoming who decides to go to England and kidnap a uh, Mormon man she had been seeing and have a weekend, let's say a weekend getaway. And then uh, it turns into a national sensation in England, uh, whether or not she abducted him or he was willing, that kind of stuff. Um, and it slowly unravels her history and what what actually is going on and, and how sort of, little we know about what happened yeah the nature of sensationalism really yeah um because some other things happen later on in the movie that are become sensationalized as well so i am going to turn to tom to talk about this because he said he had interesting ideas well what i the full sentence was i had interesting ideas that i don't remember yeah, I was hoping maybe you remembered them by now. But. Um, After the whiskey, you were hoping he remembered them? <laughs> yeah, really. Touche, man. Uh, the whiskey, I helped your memory. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Sometimes I can't remember, remember stuff, and then I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'll have a triple. <laughs> Everybody drinks to remember. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd seen only one other Errol Morris documentary, and that was Gates of Heaven, which when I saw, I realized was basically the template for Christopher Guest's mockumentaries because it's about a pet cemetery and it's just like these are basically characters in a Christopher Guest movie. And that's kind of what this seems like too. When it ended, I kind of, I felt like it didn't go deep enough into the idea of tabloid journalism. It seemed more focused on the eccentricities of this woman, which is fine. I mean, it, it's an entertaining documentary. She's a very strange woman and I think her experience made her even more strange. Mm -hmm. It's not judgmental, which I appreciated. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't coming at this from the perspective of exploiting her, even though I think in the end she felt like it had from what I read. Um, but then again, she's, you know, she clones her dogs. So yeah. I had never heard about the story apparently back in yeah. the, when, when it happens in the seventies, late seventies, is that when it happened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 77. Um, Apparently at the time it was a very big sensational story and, you know, unsurprisingly it faded away into the subconscious or the collective consciousness. Like it's just not something that's talked about now. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of this woman, she was a, a beauty pageant queen. I, it's been a few weeks since I've watched this now. Um, so 
correct me if I'm wrong or anything, but she was a beauty pageant queen. She obviously is a is a romantic at heart. She has these ideas about this fantasy romance, and she becomes falls in love with, and I'm going to say eventually becomes obsessed with this Mormon guy, which is very strange because he's a very average looking dude. Right. There's yeah. no, nothing about him. Nothing about him seems obsessed, worth of being obsessed over. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of, I mean, he's, he's not like an ugly guy or anything, but he's just kind of, he's a doughy kind of middle America looking guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't, it's a very strange story all the way through. And there are very extreme viewpoints. And I think that the truth of what happened is probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I did not get the sense that this woman was this criminal, like rapist kind of person. You know what I mean? Although at one point she does say it's impossible for a man to be raped. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, and that's the aspect that I kind of wish that Errol Morris as a storyteller or as a documentarian would have kind of delved into a little more. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, probably less common, but I'm going to say it's not impossible, you know? Mm-hmm. Most of the time we think that as like prison rape. Right. But the idea of a woman raping a man vaginally, I don't know how to, how to do this without sounding a little crass, but <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, there's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Putting a marshmallow in a parking meter. <laughs> I think that's the exact that's word she said. said. Yeah. That is what she said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she yeah, was... she, she Look, said all right, let's, let's just... I'll just be explicit. All right? A man has to be aroused to be raped in that way, but it's not impossible is what I'm saying. Okay. That, yeah, that doesn't mean that you don't have to be, be like mentally aroused, just physically. Right, Those right, are right. right. Like she even said like the fact that like he had an erection, therefore he was he wanted it. And it's like yeah. that's basically no. the, the line is that, yeah, that, that, that implied cons- the biological reaction implied consent. Right, consent, yeah. yes. And that is an argument. Yeah. But the interesting, the interesting thing is I think that he was more taken advantage of by the Mormon mentality that he was coming from well, than he was by her. Even though I think viewpoint without actually having yeah. him being interviewed. Yeah, that was what right. I wanted. To know. I wanted right. to see. And Earl Morris normally gets what he wants when he wants to talk to somebody. I was surprised that yeah. somebody wouldn't sit down with him. But I can I can kind of understand things from his perspective, at least as far as they were able to look at it from his perspective without interviewing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mormonism is, is definitely more extreme than evangelicalism, but growing up in evangelicalism, I understand that mentality of if I do this, it's going to destroy me for life. Mormonism is a little more cultish, I think, because they, I think they're a little more like coming at it from the brainwashing perspective. But anyway, I'm getting really deep into this, but <laughs> it, it was, it was interesting looking at it at the eccentricities of the story, but I felt that it could have gone a lot deeper into the themes. I think some of that is Earl Morris's style. I think he is a um, very much a classic documentarian. We go back to like the Thin Blue Line, which is the movie that the documentary that all documentarians now try to become, right? Because his documentary actually proved that somebody was innocent and got him out of prison and things like this. It had an impact on society. Mm. But he, he only goes as far as his story will let him. He he's not a Michael Moore. Yeah, no, he doesn't. he's not a Michael Yeah, he doesn't. And you can hear his voice sometimes in the conversation with uh, Joyce McKinney. Yeah. But he's, he's not like Michael Moore where he inserts himself into the story and becomes the protagonist of the story. Right. And if, if his story, it seems like what, what he had here was he wanted to look into this, but he could only go as far as his interviews would let him. 
And so he found the story within the information that he had. Like he could have, if he had maybe gotten to sit down with the man, if he had maybe gotten a chance to sit down with some members of the Mormon church, he could have taken it somewhere stranger and somewhere else. But he tells the story that he's able to document. And I actually think that's somewhat rare. He doesn't push beyond what he seems to know. And he's willing to say that the truth is, like several people say, the truth is somewhere in the middle here. Yeah. There's that really interesting... So she claims that up until she had this weekend with the guy, she was a virgin. Right. And she yeah. never, like, slept with anybody. And then later on in the movie, they say, they reveal, like, she was going and meeting men, and there's all these pictures of her, and, like, yeah. nude, and she was, like, basically not having sex, but having trysts with these guys for money, right? And you're like, oh, well, clearly she's a liar. But then you have the, the gut, her, basically her, bouncer or whatever the guy that always went with yeah. her Jay, was safe she's like oh no Jay, Jay, nobody no. nobody ever had sex with her everybody tried but she would not do it yeah that's like that was her line you're like oh so maybe she was telling the truth and the, i like that the documentary just lets you just puts that out there and doesn't say well so clearly she's lying or whatever it just puts that out there and leaves it murky yeah it gives you what information it has yeah and that's it it yeah. was yeah. but i I got the sense from some of the editing choices in her interviews, it, it was leaning more towards painting her in a moderately insane picture. Uh, as she would say things as, not just from that, but from a number of things. Yeah. I clearly think she's not all there. Yeah. Socially, I think she's got some issues. Yeah, I, I think you couldn't like, go, you couldn't possibly go through this life and not come out the other side a little off. Yeah. Well, I'm not you sure know. it's even coming out the other side a little off. I mean, I think she's, she, she's she a little was like, out there to begin with. Yeah. No, she's like listening. A lot of times I felt like I was listening to an eight year old or a 10 year old describe, yeah. like even describe block, you know, she's talking about taking him and kidnapping him. And then, oh, but I had this beautiful necklace on right then. And right. Then, you know, whoa, this is like, the most trivial little little girl type mannerisms yeah. and folk and the focus of what the she question had. is was that like, was it real? Do you feel like it was an act? Do you feel like that was really? No, her? I think that was really her. Yeah, I think, I, she, I think she just like arrested development at like ten or twelve, and she's a that's her mentality is that, that little school girl live, trying to live out a fantasy, no real connection with reality, extremely narcissistic. Yeah, even. Even her approach to sexuality is very girlish. Exactly, yeah. Everything was just very... So I I think she went in... The reason she got in this situation was because she wasn't right in the first place. You know, this wasn't like something... And she kept portraying it. Everything happened to her. Everything was... Nothing was her fault. Everything was all these other people who did bad things to her. Mm -hmm. So the complete abdication of any type of responsibility is like... And and uh, who would fly to Europe Right, that's the thing. To get yeah. somebody. Which, that in of itself, okay, that's happened. She brings along a bouncer, mm-hmm. uh, her guy friend. Yeah, was it just the two? I thought there was She goes else. on an adventure. There's just two, two guys. She, oh, and the pilot. Set, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the pilot. Yeah. Okay, there was an... And it's just... That guy was in love with her, like, clearly. Yeah. Well, she... And she oh. clearly used her attractiveness yeah, she, and sure, sexuality yeah. to get yep. what she wanted. Mm-hmm. That was, And she knew she was doing that. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was pretty obvious. But at the same time, I don't think... I think you're right. I don't think she understood. There's, I didn't sense any maliciousness in her as a person. Like, she didn't... Right, right. It, she no, didn't understand But that, that, that almost right. is, is the fact that they're, they're, yeah. like she 
willingly talked about how she would manipulate someone and just saw nothing wrong. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just how that's how I get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, all right, that's not right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, to some degree, I think that's. I was a little bit. I, I wish, like you said, like I wish they'd gone more into some of the the social aspects of you know talked about like what this actually means. Because I kept thinking, what if those roles were reversed? Yeah. He's this. Like I said, big doughy kind of six three. If he had been, oh, I was in love with her, and then she went away, and so I followed her to, and and right. this, and then we, I, we had sex, and and I knew she wanted it. I mean, if those just two, just physically swap, and he, right. you know, j- mm-hmm. and, but leave the exact same personality, mentality, and events, and there would still be a manhunt for the guy today. Yeah, yeah. For being a, a predator, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just. I don't know. It's just crazy, and that I wish they had delved into that of yeah. how we as a society, you know, can take the exact same actions and just say, "Oh, but she's this pretty little girl," and so we write it off. Yeah, she couldn't and, have been that bad. Yeah. yeah. And whereas if if it had been him, he wouldn't want to be in jail right now. Woman, yeah. you know, right. of course he wanted it, kind of thing. Yeah. Which it, even then, it, listening to the story, it sounds like you know family pressure, but it doesn't sound didn't sound like he was too opposed to what was going on like it sounded it sounded like from even from other people's point of view that it was wasn't until he went back and he's like oh shit i'm gonna get a lot of trouble for this i was kidnapped i had nothing to do with it so it kind of sounded like the story was but but i feel like like you know tom was alluding to if he grew up in that even when he was doing it he probably was having a lot of about it so he was uh, it's just it's so much more complicated than deep and that's i think it again it could have delved into sex in and of itself is so much more complicated especially nowadays of hey do you want to it's uh, you kind of do but then you don't and you have the right Right. to when you don't then back off and say okay we've just so many more avenues they could have kind of delved into. I, I think they actually did delve into the tabloid aspect of it, where especially when they have the two newspapers, one portraying her as basically this yeah. S&M queen mm-hmm. and the other one as an angel. And right. they're both telling facts, you know, that they got yeah. from it. And, but they're completely kind different of. stories. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't we grade this? We'll just start with Tom. Um, yeah, I think when I first saw this, I was kind of in the area of a C, but talking about it and I even just looking at my flip chart ranking here, um, I'm going to give it a B. I, I do kind of wish it had delved more into the themes, but like Nate said, I think it's Errol Morse's style is more to just let these people talk and then let, let the viewer make their own judgment about it. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's an entertaining movie too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it kind of, you know, it, it taps on a lot of a lot of stuff that is interesting. And we didn't even talk about how like her dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that she crazy she. Bit. Yeah, she jumps back into media into the spotlight a little bit because she decides to clone her dog that died. Um, and her dog's which, name was Booger. Booger, man, that that whole that whole section of the film, I was just like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, "Where is he going with this?" I was like, "I was like, this poor dog, this poor woman. Like, this dog is everything to this woman at this point." Yeah. Yeah. So, and people coming onto her property is like, that's just not. Anyway, I don't know if yeah, I caught um, it right, but was there another dog before Booger? Yeah, the dog yeah. that attacked her. The dog that okay. her life. Tore her out. So she had this dog. That was a part I missed, I guess. And I, I wasn't sleeping at this point. <laughs> it was a dog that she had, a big pit bull, and it attacked her. Her own yeah. dog attacked yeah. her. And then yeah. Booger saved her. 
Yeah. We're going to like, call 911 for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Gave right. her CPR. Yeah. I was saying. was like, it, right. it, it, what, it, The other dog tore off three fingers that she pointed out on her hand. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. There was, like, no scar yeah. She said it amputated her arm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, that's right. And then the clone dogs did the same thing Booger did. Yeah. Yeah. Still got the. They knew yeah. the same commands. They were trained immediately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem with cloning. I mean, we're, we're not going to get into that theology yeah. of it. But the, the fact that she had them cloned doesn't bother me. The no, insaneness but... of her stories and, and assumptions, that bothers yeah. me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm yeah. giving this movie a B. Uh, Patrick? I give it a C. You love listening to her voice. Between, I'm going to get yeah. a tape of her speaking, and you can fall asleep to it. Oh, <laughs> Have nightmares to it. Yeah. yeah. Nate? I'm giving it a B. I feel the same that like Tom does. I think it's a decent documentary. I don't know how much farther he could have taken it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a B. The, he did bring on a gay Mormon, didn't he? Oh, that guy. Yeah, I, I, really, I actually really appreciated that guy's perspective. Yeah. Even, even though I'm straight, that guy was like my proxy. You know what I mean? Just because a lot of what he was saying, I could really relate to having grown up in an evangelical setting. Yeah. No. Even though more, even though Mormonism is more extreme, a lot of what he was saying was like, "Oh yeah, there's a lot of that kind of conditioning." Yeah, conditioning. Yeah. I think is a good Not, way to put it. I don't. I don't want to go so far as to say brainwashing, but definite, definite conditioning. Yeah. The one you know thing I mean? that was interesting, though, and I don't know if you guys caught this, as part of the teaching, if you do all the right things and you follow the right path. In the afterlife, you get your own planet. You get your own planet. I, 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 like like a bunch of hot women. And that's why I'm saying yeah. it's, it's a lot more extreme. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. cool. I know. I was starting to think maybe I should convert. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, yeah. Oh, I want my own planet. You basically have awesome. to be a god of your own planet. Yeah. So like our god is. Oh, so our god is a previous Mormon. Yeah. I mean, how far off is that from 72 virgins? Yeah. But there's also a limit. There's only so many who will get to have their planet. And some of them already died. So the chances that you'll get one. Yeah, so, but there's billions of planets out there. And then it's all workspace theology. Yeah, but there's only 144,000 <laughs> get them. No, that's the <laughs> show witness. You don't want to end up with like Venus or something. Oh, like that's that. just totally unlivable. Yeah. The Mormons have no limits. Mormon, dude, there, there is an, a limit, but you have to you have to reach some certain level. So 144,000. That's that sounds more like an evangelical thing. That sounds. Well, well they pull it from. It's either them or the Jehovah's Witnesses. I can't remember. They pull it from a passage. Yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses, they pull from a passage in Revelations. Only 144,000 are going to heaven. Yeah. yeah. And you, hopefully you're one of them. That's a very mm-hmm. mathematical... Uh... Well, I mean, I, how theological do you want to get? The 12 by 12 represents perfection. Yeah, much. the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Oh, 100,000 from each uh, I mean, there, There's the whole thing about Jerusalem descending from the sky, and it's 12 something by t- whatever it is. Yeah. It, the city is basically a cube, like, descending from the sky. Some people take that literally, and some people say, yeah, well, 12 by 12, it's, it's a perfect cube that represents the perfection of the New Jerusalem. But anyway. Cube for Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Apparently, whiskey makes me a very uh, good it theological helps you remember. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does. <laughs> it does. It can trigger things. All right, Steve, uh, what did you give it? Is that, am I the only one left? Yeah. Okay. So I'm also giving it a B. I think it was good. I I don't want to fault it for where I wanted it to go because I thought it actually explored the idea of sensationalism pretty well because even when the whole problem of what she went through was over, then she was obviously someone who, even though she says she didn't, likes the spotlight. 
Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why she did the the cloning of the dog. So kind of it shows you that without saying this is someone who seeks out the spotlight. Like, oh, well, she cloned her dogs and there was a big media sensation over that. And that's really what she was looking for. Yeah. So, but it never, the movie never says that. And I think that's pretty clever. Unfortunately, that wasn't the interesting part of the story. But the interesting part of the story was, one, there's this woman who likes to have sex and they demonize her for it. Right. And then also mm-hmm. this question of whether or not, you know, a, like that sexual relationship was rape. I mean, was it consensual? Can it be consensual? That kind of thing. And I think that's the more interesting story here that it didn't really follow. But it's still good, so I give it a B. Yeah, and, I think there's a fair amount of uh, slut shaming involved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the reviews that I read was, this is a movie that shows a woman that enjoys sex and doesn't apologize for it, but society somehow wants her to. I think there's more to this movie <laughs> than that. But that it, there, is, there is some truth to that. But even at the point in time where she says, yeah, I was a virgin here, even if she had been going on these, you know, cavorting with men in costume or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily mean that she was having sex with them. Yeah. Oh, I actually completely believe the guy when he said she never had sex with nobody. Yeah, because sex with nobody. And, and, yeah. and it's, going, it's going back to that kind of girlish interpretation of sexuality yeah. is she, re- she really enjoys dressing up and playing make-believe. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she enjoys being promiscuous, which is yeah. kind of a, it's a, it's a very That's strange, but yeah. That society wanted to place on her. They couldn't look at, they, they couldn't look at her as a person and explain what she was. So they put her into what they yeah. believed, what they understood. This, oh, because we don't understand what she is. Well, we understand this idea of somebody who is a promiscuous woman. So but let's like start Steve, associating. Yeah, but like Steve was saying, even if she, had been sleeping with these men just because she enjoys sex does not demonize you know that's not an excuse yeah, to demonize yeah. her as a person yeah. mm-hmm. and i don't think earl morris does i think he right no i don't think he does at all i think he's showing how oh, i think he's just showing what society did at that time how like kevin pointed out these these different magazines played off each other and nobody wanted to actually tell the in-between because the in-between doesn't sell copies yeah well she was a nun but only part-time Right. Yes. Yes. Because she used to dress up too when she came oh back gosh. and did like a tour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With uh, four Bs and a C. Gives it a B minus. We should come back and talk about what we're watching next time. Yes. Is that where mm-hmm. we're at? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Next time. Is that a question, or are you from New Zealand, or? <laughs> Next podcast, we are continuing the WTF theme, uh, and I had the pick, and Patrick had the pairing, and I chose a movie that I've thought about getting on the podcast before, uh, and it seemed to kind of fit into this. Uh, I watched it a couple of times when I was much younger, uh, and I'll talk about how that affected my childhood. Um, <laughs> 1980s, Tim Robbins. Oh my uh, God, how, much, how young were you? I was, I was very young Nin- to watch this. Um, 1990? Jacob's Ladder. Uh, no, it was probably before that. Um, I well, the movie the you, movie came out in 1990, so so if you watched it, 90, before that, it came out in 90 or 80, 90, 90. Oh, okay, that's not that bad then. I because I thought I was around originally. I said I was around 12, and I was like, no, okay. So if it came out in 90, that's better. Um, Man, because it would have been this trauma. If this traumatized you in 1990, that's okay. Yeah, well, I was a little bit older. Um, I we don't blame seen, you though. I wouldn't this, have seen it in the still theater. <laughs> uh, I would 
have seen it on like HBO or something. So six months to a year after it came out. So I would have been 17 or 18. Still kind of young to see some of this stuff. Okay. But anyway, uh, and I, it was a, I forget what the theme was. WTF, WTF War Movies? movies. Yep. Okay. And, and so I paired that with um, a movie I'd never heard of before until I started trying to Google WTF yeah. War Movies. Uh, Waltz with Bashir, which is a 2008 animated um, kind of war documentary um, about the of the director's experiences in the Lebanon War. Um, have any of you guys seen Jacob's Ladder before this? I've, I've seen Jacob's Ladder. I know I'd seen it, but okay. as watching it again, it didn't seem that familiar to me. Okay. So. I had not seen it. I had not seen it. I I remember seeing previews for it back when sci-fi was still sci-fi. Right. The, the, the channel uh, okay. before, before it became Sippy. Right. Um, back when I was in my Mystery Science Theater days, when Mr. Science Theater was on sci-fi, right. um, I would see previews for Jacob's Ladder. And just the imagery that I saw from that was like so, well, it stuck with you. Yeah, it could be very disturbing. All right. So I'd wanted, I wanted to see this for a while. Cool. So WTF, dad, I mean war movies <laughs> next month. <laughs> <laughs> You guys don't realize how much I protect you from yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we, I I think, unfortunately, I think we count on it a little too much. <laughs> the fact that there haven't been police at any of our doors. Because if I ever wanted to destroy you. <laughs> oh, I believe it. He could, be, um, he could pull a David D'Amato on us. Yeah. <laughs>